You're listening to Strength and Bonds, an Async Twilight Imperium podcast. Episode 19, Mailbag, episode number one. I'm your host, BLT. Hey everyone, I am in a hotel room. I'm in California this week for work. I did not have the normal amount of uh, sort of free time I might have during work this week. And so I asked the folks on the Discord to write in questions this week. And we are going to use those questions as this week episode. Um, so thank you everyone who weighed in and, uh, that's about all I got. (laughs) I did not get a chance to, to do, uh, some of the normal preparation. I do have some updates at the end still. So, I mean, again, I didn't completely slough it off, but, um, but yeah, let's get into some of the questions. So official Dave account asks, what's your favorite sandwich? Um, I used to always say my favorite sandwich was what I w- always called the Elvis. It's like a uh, peanut butter, honey, bacon, marshmallow thing. Um, I really like a nice like Italian. Um, I lived in Boston for a while in the North End. I make mean, these amazing Italian sandwiches with. I don't even really know how to replicate that, um, but that's always a really good go-to. And I mean, of course, a BLT is 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 nice, but I, I mean, my favorite sandwich probably not a BLT. All right, Sarver asks, where can I listen to your acapella songs? So I am not sure when I mentioned anything about acapella songs. I was in the men's chorus in college, um, so my voice is on I think a couple of CDs put out during that time, so that's cool, but. Um, not sure I'm planning to share any uh, acapella singing from BLT, but yeah, if you want to know more about the uh, those CDs, I guess you know, reach out. That's that, that's fine. But uh, but yeah, no no uh, available acapella music from BLT. Baldrick wanted to hear TIA Four Factions as Jethro Tull songs, following up on Taylor Swift songs from last week. I think I've probably heard a Jethro Tull song but I could not name one. So I did a very quick Google search and I'm going to give you two Baldrick. Um, I'm going to give you Joel Nahr as Aqualung and I'm going to give you Winu as living in the past. Those are, those are the two factions I'm going to give you as Jethro Tull songs. All right. Pally's got a, a number of questions here. If you were to run a celebration game similar to PBD 100, 500, 1000, 2000, et cetera, what would be the gimmick? Um, I gotta say, I didn't really do hardly any preparation for these except for the Jethro Tull thing. Um, I did give this a little bit of thought. I think, so I was in a game that Holy Teaspoon put on, um, Fog of War 41. And one of the gimmicks in that Fog game was that you, or there were, um, I had a name for them, but they're basically NPC uh, factions 
So they couldn't score points. They really couldn't take actions, but they were there. They had a home system. The gimmick was that if you could, like, take over their home system, you'd get a big bonus. At some point, the idea was that they could, like, give you quests, uh, and if you accomplished them, uh, you'd get some kind of reward. But all they also warned that if you failed, there'd be some punishment. I didn't ever know what those were. I didn't really want to experiment with that too much. But I do think, uh, and also the way that the game went, it was just, like, such a huge map. It was hard to, I, I think I only found one, two two NPCs, maybe? I, I can't, you know, so um, I think the gimmick would be something like that, and I'd have to give some thought to, like, what that would actually look like, but um, it would be a way for, you know, maybe six, eight, ten, you know, some limited number of people to actually be playing the game, but up to, you know, up to 25 factions total, uh, including players worth of, or maybe, you know, get some Discord and Stars in there, I don't care, um, but of NPCs, so that there would be some way to let more people interact, but without having to like actually run that many strategy cards, etc. Um, yeah, I think that there's really something there. I don't think that that was fully unlocked in that one, but I really liked the idea, and, and I'd probably want to um, come back to that. Um, Finn says, "Who was your worst enemy or best ally?" Oh well. Uh... I mean, if I thought about it, I could probably come up with a different one. I, I think I've got two, my two favorite enemy stories are um, Kip Duran was Cabal once and I was Hakan and I had a pretty open home system and he said, hey, I could take your home system or you could give me those 16 trade goods you've got and I kind of weighed it and uh, and I decided to pay it and I thought, you know, that was pretty, pretty rough, um, but probably fair so i am that's and then i think the only other worst enemy i may have is uh micmac moose who who uh just completely ate me as uh and i was a sorrow one time he was arborek and i just wasn't really paying attention and uh also another game he came just into my it was not it was an awful slice but he came into my slice um, when i was necro and he was extra once and i just never recovered i spent literally the rest of the game only trying to tank his game and not score and i failed he won. <laughs> it's just, I mean, I, I, I did not make a scratch. It was a, so, so kudos to you, Moose. All right. Um, Pally asked another one. What do you think is the best secret objective? I gotta say, I mean, so, so, so this isn't necessarily my favorite objective to get, right? If I want, if, if for myself, I just want all the easy ones, right? But I think the best secret objectives are the ones that force you to do something a little off the beaten path um, that maybe aren't too easy to just ask someone to kind of help you with um so i i kind of like the one you know you're having to have a ship above another person's space talk um splitting a, you know having a planet in a system control with another planet controlled by another player i think dark in the skies is a really cool secret um again because it doesn't make you take their home system and like ruin their game but you do have to win a a combat there and so um you know one time i won that is like um I had the Stardeck Alliance, and I, I took one of Hakan's planets and one, took it that way. Again, there's different ways to score it. Um, yeah, so that's kind of a, a cop out, but I, those are the kinds of that I really, that I really think are best for the game that are just you know, a little bit hard. Like some of them, like four hazardous planets. Um, I wish it was just like you know, I know there was already a public for just four of a kind. I wish it was just four of a kind, or maybe that's just too easy. But I just um, I don't like where you kind of look at your board. And you're like, that's just never going to happen. Um, but I like the ones that four four takes of a color. Like I'm not saying that's a great one, um, 
but that's another example of like you're kind of forcing you to do something a little different. I kind of like when secret objectives make you do that. <clears throat> um, if you were to fix a single faction, which one would you fix? If I were to fix a single faction. So which factions are broken? Uh, I generally lean pretty hard on the idea that the factions don't all need to be good, uh, or at least equally good. Which faction is broken? I mean, for me personally, Barony is broken because I don't want to win, or I don't want to fight, but uh, but Bam Bam just won this, the, the, the SVT prelims game as, as Barony. You know, they're not, like they, they, you can win games with them. Um, I think I might just give Sardak just like some extra leg up. <laughs> I think maybe that'd be the one because they are a faction that is like very fun. Um, doesn't really require fighting um, because Gamma Mama has, it gives them flexibility that's kind of outside of like literally only attacking people. I mean, I guess attacks exist, but I've just, you know, there's other ways to do it, I feel like. Um, but they tar so, you know, they start off with so little tech, no fighters. And, and so I almost wonder if, if it couldn't just be as simple as like giving them like, you know, again, like a single tech to start or, um, or make it, you know, unlock the commander even just like even faster or just, you know, just some, just something, <laughs> you know, um, I don't know. That's, that's a good question, but yeah, yeah, I just don't really feel like any of them are really broken. Um, so, so yeah, that was, that's hard for me. All right. <clears throat> Jazz Hands, of course, asks, what's your favorite music genre, genre and why is it jazz? I am not often in the mood for jazz, but uh, when I am, I actually am a huge fan of jazz. I'm a huge fan of ad-libbing, or uh, yeah, ad-libbing, or what's the word, improvising uh, kind of stuff. That was, um, that's kind of how I like to do, like, you know, public speaking type things. That's kind of how I like to do this show, <laughs> you know. Um, and music, when it is improvised and, and happening on the spot you know people are you know like jazz um it's really special it's really special um i grew up playing some instruments but just never really managed to get into like a band or anything but the few times that i managed to kind of just end up like jamming with some people it's some of the best uh moments and so i will give jazz major kudos but my favorite music genre is uh progressive rock uh specifically rush they are absolutely my favorite. Um, I could rock out about Rush all day. Send me your uh, deep cut favorite Rush song. I will talk to you about that. But um, but yeah, pr more progressive rock is kind of. I'm listening to other stuff too for sure. But that's that's my favorite. <clears throat> all right, Serge Serge uh, asks, Sarween or no Sarween Arborex? So I can't remember if I've said this on the show. I I feel like I have, but I don't know. But um. For me, I think Arborek sings when they get Gravity Drive and when they get Carrier 2. And and when you try to save tokens, basically. You know, so you're 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 say, you're putting as much energy into like just building plastic as you can. Saving it for Megatol Rex play, uh, which again I think you usually need blue tech to do, and then just uh, getting you know, holding that until you can uh, get your Imperial point and with you know, some pity from the table, maybe, maybe carry it to uh, a win. So I just don't think Sarween is necessary. And to the extent that it slows you down from, from going that route, I think it can be dangerous. 
uh, to get Starween. However, it's obvious value. Arborek needs value. If you have a blue skip, maybe go can get Starween first. If you're worried about neighbors eating you, get Starween first, build some extra infantry. I don't think you'll ever be sad you got Starween. Um, I was in a tournament game where I had the Titans Alliance, and uh, if I had had Starween, I think I would have won because I just needed to be able to produce like a couple extra trade goods. Um, and so if I'd been able to like produce with Starween, get the trade good, maybe that would have pushed me over the edge, etc. But um, but yeah, generally, not. I just don't think it's necessary. I think the the, the meta or the, the prevailing wisdom is that you like have to get that first. And I would just say, you. I don't think you always do. <clears throat> All right, new new asks, what is your favorite food? Not counting a BLT. Yeah, again, BLT probably not my favorite food. My go-to answer here lately has been cheeseburgers. And. I think I'm good with that answer. Um, you know, I certainly, I went to a, a Indian restaurant the other week and got something besides um, chicken tikka. Extremely happy with that. Really love sushi. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff I like, but if you have to ask me my favorite food, I, I have to say something. I think it's a, a cheeseburger. That's that's what I like. Um, Pally again asking, is traveling for work busier or less busy than parenting three children? Yeah, I've got three kids. Um, I would say the way these trips go it's it's busier because our team is really spread out and so when we get together this week like i don't know if you can tell i'm like losing my voice um we pack like a ton into the, the you know the three days we're together so um i'm like completely worn out and beat when i'm not always like that at home parenting three kids however when my kids were all in diapers um that probably would have would have won um, all right finn's got a question if you could only play ti4 either IRL in real life or async, which one would you choose? And so my, my gut reaction answer to that is async, because if I could only play it in real life, uh, I just never, I never would get to, I do have a cool, um, IRL group nearby that, uh, that I will play with. And, and they're actually trying to get me to go back and play with them more often. Um, so, uh, sorry, <laughs> sorry to those folks. I need to do that. But, um, But async's just the way that I can play. So I guess I guess it's like, what do I value more? Because I actually think playing in real life is 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 better in a lot of ways. I got to play one time with like just like my cousins and, and uh, some friends and stuff, and that was a, a just a blast. Like just spending the time with them, kind of interacting over this game. And so I think that if you've got a group of friends that you could really uh, play with this or play this game with r routinely, that would probably be the ideal way to do this. Um, but async does unlock some other cool things I like about this game, like playing every single faction or trying things that are like suboptimal and stuff. So, I mean, I, I, I think I probably pick async, but I can totally see where the question is coming from. And again, in a different scenario of my life or whatever, um, I probably would be willing to give up async for some kind of regular, um, IRL, uh, game time. Next question here is from old Tom's boots and hat. If you had a gun with two bullets and you were in a room with, it feeds on Carrion, which is the uh, Cabal hero, Aeroshir Aur, which is the Mahat uh, hero, and Rear Admiral Farron, which is the Letnev commander, what's your play? All right, so I am in a room with a interdimensional being, a gene sorcerer, and a Letnev commander, and... Um, I mean, I'm dead, right? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm gone. I'm eaten, right? I, 
I think I'm supposed to engage with that question more, but I think that's about all I got. Um, let's see. Baldrick, who is going to win the fight for Mechatol Rex in PBD 2000A? That's Galaxy A of, two th- of, of uh, the 2000 game. Um, the Syndicate won that fight due to uh, a lot of bonuses to our die rolls. I was not sure with Sunshine uh, talking to Sunshine Punch if that was a good idea to go for Mechatol Rex, but we're there now. Oh, sub question. Can we see? Yeah, he's waiting for me to. to, to we did finish that. <laughs> we did fin- All right. So, uh, old Tom's boot and hats, boots and hat again. If you had to pick one non soul faction from TI to exist in our universe, who would it be and why? I mean, I certainly, my, my instinct is Nazroka. Um, they seem pretty chill. Um, they seem like they have cool technology they could share with us. Although, I guess in this future world, we, we would have that too. Um, Yeah, I don't really feel like thinking more about that right now. So that's that's fun. We're gonna go with the cute uh, cat, goblin people or whatever. Um, if you had to make a TI-like game themed to any other science fiction property, which would you choose? The only other science fiction <clears throat> universes that I'm like super familiar with are Star Trek, specifically Next Generation, Deep Space Nine. Although I'm maybe halfway through Voyager, I can I never have gotten back and finished that. Um, so Star Trek could be an option. Uh, Ender's Game uh, universe with the formics and everything would potentially be an option. I've read all those books. I mean, I've read, you know, The Three-Body Problem. I mean, there's other things I've read. Um, Dune, I read the first book. I think I uh, read the second one, too, and stopped. That was enough for me. Theme to any other science fiction property... Um, Star Trek is weird because, I mean, here's, that's the one, so that's the one thing. Like, I think, I think, you know, and Dune sort of does this already in a way, but, um, it might be interesting. I think it'd be cool to make a TI-like game, I guess, kind of like Star Trek, but I mean, really leaning into, so like even today, like, you know, obviously the way Hakan tries to win the game and the way, uh, you know, Yin or something tries to win the game are like pretty different. So that's already like pretty well captured, but I just feel like if you're doing Star Trek, um, you know, the Ferengi or whatever, like might have like literally no army, like at all. Um, but they would just have like somehow like massive amounts of like power with trade and stuff. And so like somehow figuring out how to make the game like even more asymmetrical. Um, so like each, each faction had like completely different amounts of units. Um, you know, the equivalent of like zero commodities and like 10 or, you know, even just more asymmetry around like the, the base systems, like, Maybe uh, could 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 make Star Trek work. Yeah, I need to get back into Star Trek. I like that stuff. But um, yeah, these are these are fun. These are fun questions. Um, let me see. I think that actually might have been all the questions. Uh, um, Nomad. Yeah, let's get Nomad into our universe. Whatever that means. Um. Oh yeah, I said I said Arborek. Yeah, I'm not sure Arborek would actually be good in our in our universe. Uh, that seems that seems risky. Um, I think that's it. So thanks for those questions. I really appreciated those. Appreciated the response. Kind of fun to imagine people actually like wanting to hear anything I have to say. So, but I, you know, thanks for engaging there. Um, the community is what keeps making this fun. So I appreciate. Uh, 
hearing from all of you there. All right, so I'm just going to do one more segment. I am going to do Tech of the Week. I do not have my deck of cards with me. Uh, I left those at home. So I decided just to do PDS2 because that is pretty easy. So PDS2 is a unit upgrade. It says Deep Space Cannon, which as an aside, Deep Space Cannon is not in the rulebook. That's not like Deep Space Cannon does not exist. It's not an actual like term. It's just the little text underneath like... Um, you know, Cruiser 2 says stasis caps, capsules or whatever. Um, so uh, PDS-2 Deep Space Cannon. You may use this unit's space cannon against ships that are adjacent to this unit system. Uh, yellow, red prerequisite, planetary shield, and space cannon 5, which is an upgrade uh, from space cannon 6 on the regular PDS. So the main, again, the main thing with PDS-2 is you are now firing into uh, adjacent systems on space cannon offense. Um, you do get like one extra on the die roll, which is which is kind of nice. Um, but the idea here is that like now instead of just covering one tile, it's covering one uh, seven tiles. And if you can get a kind of a network of these going together, you can actually start pooling enough PDS in one area that it starts actually mattering. I'm kind of on a weird kick right now, and I think I'm I'm definitely it's it's, it's more of a bit than anything you know super well thought out. I'm not going to pretend, but I am sort of on a kick right now where PDS I just think are just they're just bad. Um, what I mean by that is they, they, they are annoying. They can be a mild deterrent. I'm not saying they literally do nothing, but if you think about what a PDS costs, um, it costs three influence. It costs locking down a system usually, uh, which you know has a, a, some value to, to, to having done that. Um, I'm thinking about the, the secondary, obviously. Um, and... If I really need to get through your PDS, I can, you know, right? I, I, I can bring enough ships. Um, you know, if you're fully decked out with PDS-2 and the extra flagship and you have Graviton, you know, then, then you know, now we're talking. But at that point, you've invested so much or you just are a faction that just already has it anyway um, that I just feel like I would have rather invested all that in something else. I'd rather have just built more ships <laughs> or, or more infantry or something else. Um but anyways, but 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 yeah, PDS two definitely definitely annoying. Um, kind of the only way I've seen it sort of work is if you start you know charging the tax. It's like hey, I won't shoot if you give me a buck, and then maybe you start actually making that back. I just feel like you usually don't though. So that is my uh, very weak uh, opinion and assessment of PDS two. Hopefully, uh, we will get a better tech next week. All right, so let's go into the various updates and close things out here. So Async Tournament 2 continues to go on. Um, we have our third finalist. So Alder won Game 3 as extra. So congratulations to Alder. There were definitely some shenanigans there at the end. Um, go check out the tournament chat channels. Uh, go ahead and ask you know, for more details. Some people will share them with you or just try to summarize them. But we have three finalists so far. We've got Alder, Cal, and next time we're still waiting for games one, two, and four to finish up. And we will, uh, I will keep updating everyone on how that's going. So TIGL, uh, season six is completely done. So again, remember that async rank is, is uh, aligned with TIGL and that it relies on TIGL games, Twilight Imperium Global League games to exist. But uh, but TIGL is its own thing. It has seasons. 
that are, I think, three months long. And uh, season six, the winner of season six is Fled Unicycle 975, or just Fled, for uh, taking uh, or for winning six games. Uh, now, one thing just to note, not to take anything away from Fled's win, is that uh, Big Al decided to not impose the 10-game limit this time. So we had like Dr. Whiskers playing 25, Pally playing 24 games during uh, TIGL games during the season, and other people were still you know, obviously playing fewer. But just to put in context, Fled played 14, won six. Um, Bam Bam won five games. So second place, five wins in the season. That's the main metric we're looking at. But out of only seven games, so Bam Bam continues to uh, to to impress. Um, other notable statistics, as I glance through here, is Old Tom's Boot and Hat won half of his games, uh, eight games, four wins, really nicely done. And um, uh, Big Al Cappuccino, of course, uh, had three games, won all three of them. Uh, so very, very well done to the winners of TIGL season six. Um, at some point here, we'll have six winners of TIGL uh, seasons. And I think that might be fun to, to try to get those together into some kind of game. I know Kip Duran was trying to do that earlier at one point. All right. Um, async rank, uh, we'll go into that. We have, let's see, we have one, two, three, six new ministers in async rank since uh, since last time. As a reminder, the minister rank goes to anyone who wins a TIGL game and doesn't already have a rank. So then that first, you know, so, so you start off with no rank, get a minister rank first, and then become an agent and then become a commander as you win games against all people at your rank or higher. So new ministers since last episode are Kalama, Kalama, um, Wob, Sarber, uh, who wanted us to, to know that she was in the first TIGL game ever on the async server, going back to like PBD, what, 60 something? So very nicely done. Reverend Doom, Prisoner One, and Felenity are all brand new ministers. Congratulations on your TIGL win. Um, and the new agents since the last episode are Argo Control. So congrats to, to Argo Control and the Nine of Spades. Quick aside on the Nine of Spades. The Nine of Spades became a, a minister. I noticed, uh, you know, immediately started a new game uh, with all ministers to rank up to agent. That game took only 14 days. He won that game 14 days from minister to agent. Congratulations. That is real, real good. Um, recent bot updates is just the planetary shields. You may or may not have noticed that uh, planets with planetary shield, either because they have a PDS or because they uh, cannot be bombarded because of that one law that gets passed, or Arborek mechs, um, Myco Mentori docks, I think it is. Anyway, um, now I have like this bubble thing surrounding the planet. It, uh, you can turn them off. <laughs> I'll just say that. I think a lot of people do like them. Uh, but you can turn them off, go to slash custom, customization. It's it's one of the settings that are there to turn off those shields if that's really bothering you. But I think this kind of stuff is cool. Um, eventually, I'm going to get to a point when I play real games, uh, or not real games, but games in real life or uh, on TTPG or something, and I will be so used to all this automation that I will uh, completely forget how to play the game. I think we're, we're, we're basically almost there. But, you know, again, so... Really appreciate everyone else providing all the content for the episode this week. Um, hope some of that was fun. I'm just glad to uh, to get back home tomorrow, so that will be good. But um, with that said, thanks again for listening to Strength and Bonds. You can subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and uh, various other places. If you liked this episode, leave a comment on the episode discussion in Discord, or come by the Sandwich Bar, which is a channel on Discord, to chat about the show. And remember... 
Just because you can play TI at all hours of the night and day does not mean that you should.